I don't know about you, but um, I love watching sport. I, I love. It doesn't really matter what sport is, to be honest. Uh, I, I can I sit down and watch sport. Probably the ones that I, I probably wouldn't watch would be synchronized swimming. Just does nothing for me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of skill involved, and there's a lot of training and, and athletic and fit stuff goes on. Um, but uh, <laughs> just doesn't punch my numbers, you know. Um, so, but I love like watching motorsport or American football. I used to play American football uh, here in Adelaide. Um, loved it. It was just full contact sport, and I loved it. It was just so good to hit someone else, um, and to get hit too. Some from some time to time, I got hit too, so that was really good. But I love watching. I love watching the English Premier League. I love watching any sort of sport really. But the thing that really like ticks my boxes, if you want is that I would love to be out there on the field of battle playing sport. That's just what it was for me. I just would love to be uh, out there doing what they're doing out on the field. Now, you know, no matter how good it is to be a spectator, I feel that it's always better to be a participator uh, in sport. And that's just the way I guess I look at it. And I believe it's actually the same way with our relationship with Christ and his kingdom. I think it's so much better to be involved and to participate in Jesus and his kingdom, what he's doing in his kingdom. So over the, far, the last uh, uh, probably few weeks now, I've been talking about the, the difference that a, a changed life Makes and, and I've, I've talked about that. You can check out the, the podcast on our iTunes site and even on our website and stuff like that. But this morning, I want to say that uh, to explore maybe the, the difference that a, a changed life makes is that it serves faithfully. That's the difference that, ha- that happens to us when we come to Christ. We have an ability to serve faithfully, that we use our talents and our gifts to serve God and to build up his kingdom, to, to bring change in our community. That's the way, we, you know, like with the Christmas carols that we've got coming up next Saturday and with the nature playgroup coming up tomorrow, we can make a difference for the kingdom of God by participating in it and doing something at it to help build kingdom in, in our community. I'm passionate about engaging our community with the love of Jesus Christ. And the only way that they're going to see that Jesus is real in my life is if I'm out there in the world, in the community, sharing about the love of Christ in the way that I serve my community, not the way that I just look at my community and point out all the things that are wrong with it. I actually get involved in it. I I participate in my community and I help to build the kingdom of God in the community because of that. At our last team equip night with uh, Pastor Josh and Sharon just uh, over a week ago, uh, we all uh, who came out participated and completed a spiritual gift survey. It helped us to identify uh, where we have a passion in the things that we do, how we're wired, and helped us maybe to to point us in a a direction uh, to help us to use the gifts that God has given to each of us. So when we use our gifts as God has designed for us to use them, I've got to tell you, everybody wins. 
It's a win-win situation when we all engage with the gifts that God has given to us. So the things that that God's done for us, the, the, the change that God's made in our lives encourages us to want to serve others and to make a difference in their life. And I believe that we should be a people that desire, uh, because of the, the love of Christ that we've experienced, that because of that we want to serve and to almost pay back God for what he's done in our lives. Does, does, does that make sense? We're not like serving God to win his approval, but because of his approval we serve. Does that make, make sense? It's not that I have to, to serve. No, it's that I get to serve. I, 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 I have this ability because I've experienced this thing that God's done in my life and your life that we can say, you know what? I just want to do for others what God's done for me. I want to shine the light of Jesus Christ in my community and, 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 and shine his love out there in the world. See, because we're not just spectators in a church. This is my firm belief. We are not spectators in a church but participants in a faith. That's who we are. We are participators in faith. And if we see our faith as a lifestyle, it will change the way that we do things. If, our, if it becomes our lifestyle, if our faith becomes our lifestyle, it will become our passion, it will rule our heart and our mind, and it dictates what we will do and what we won't do. It's as simple as that, when it becomes a lifestyle for us. We should all be utilizing our gifts and our abilities that we have from God to serve faithfully in our families as a part of this church and in our communities. We serve our community. We serve our families. I serve my wife, Jane. It's, it's what I, I get to do. I, I, I love serving my, uh, Jane. I, I love doing things for her. Why? Because I, I know that she loves me. But you know what? It's just a way of, of just partnering together to make our family stronger, our marriage stronger, by just doing stuff that I know that Jane needs me to do. And it's not because I want to win her approval. It's because I love her and she loves me that we do that. It's, it's just an expression of love that we have. We serve one another in those areas. When I, I think about serving, I think about Jesus. I think that the, the person who served our community, our world, the, the best is Jesus. When I think about serving, I think about Jesus. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. Jesus got down on his hands and his knees and he's and his washed the, the disciples' feet. And Jesus wasn't telling us that we need to wash each, wash each other's feet, but rather he set in place a principle of serving in motion. He set it in place. He said to his disciples, just as I have done for you, this act of love that I've done for you, now you go and do likewise for others. So let's have a a listen to what uh, that particular passage alludes to. And it's in John chapter 13, verses 1 to 17, and it says this. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. 
Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never ever wash my feet. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. And Simon Peter exclaimed, oh, then wash my hands, my feet, uh, and, 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 and Lord, just, you know, and that's what I want you to do. He says, Lord, not just my feet. And Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, not all of you, uh, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. I want to bring out some things from this passage, and, and, but also uh, about serving uh, that I think we can learn uh, from the Bible this morning. I want to talk about uh, three things that our serving shows God, shows others, and shows ourselves as well. Number one is that through serving, we show that we value what God's given to us. There's a great violinist by the name of uh, Niccolo Paganini. He willed his marvelous violin to the city of Genoa on condition that it must never be played. The wood of such an instrument, while used and handled, wears only slightly. Uh, but when it's set aside, it begins to decay. And Paganini's lovely violin has today become a worm-eaten and useless except as a relic because it hasn't been used. There are many God-given talents and abilities uh, that we are either using them for the glory of God or we're not using them at all or we're using them with a wrong motive. And I, I believe that God's given each and every one of us abilities, skills and, 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 and gifts and talents that, uh, that we have. But let's not allow them to become a relic that becomes you know, moth-eaten and, and worn out because of lack of use. Uh, I, I believe that God wants us to use uh, the gifts that he's given us. See, God's given everyone certain talents and abilities and his intent was that the kingdom of God, the body of Christ, may be made stronger through everyone working together. In 1 Peter 4, verses 10 to 11, it says, Each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others. Faithfully admonishing, or sorry, administering God's grace in all its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God will be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. See, one of the most amazing things is that the church is it's not a one-man show. This is not a one-man show. I cannot put a Sunday service on on my own. Trust me, you don't want me leading worship, okay? I have not got the skill to be able to do what they do there. I can't 
do all the cooking and the, the teaching of the kids. You know, I'd be like just a mad tornado going around trying to do everything. It's not a one-person show. That's why we need people to, to be a part of the teams that we have here as a church. You know, but don't just get involved because, oh, Pastor Gary said you've got to get involved in a, in a ministry. No, how are you gifted? How are you wired? What are your passions? Things that you do well. What are those things? And get involved in those areas. Are you good at talking people? Are you friendly? Are you warm? It's a great opportunity to serve on our door and hospitality or, or just you know, encouraging people, just being a part of a, a connect group, putting a, a hospitality. If you really love to, to engage with people in those areas, you love teaching the Word of God, then get involved in those areas. If you love children, get out there in the, the God Chasers ministry. If you love young people, get around them. You know, it's, it's not a one-man show. And we can show God, that we're appreciative of the things that he's done for us by serving. And I want to encourage us to to look at ourselves and see where we're using our gifts. Are we serving God the best we possibly could? Through serving, we simply use what God's given us. It's as simple as that. That's how we do that. I think a desire to serve begins by getting the attention off of ourselves. The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, the first sentence in his book is, it's not about you. you In today's society, it's all about taking the selfie. It's all about me. And sometimes we've just got this the wrong way around. It's not all about us. Life's not all about us. I I, I don't know, you might find this really interesting, but... When I got up this morning, the world was revolving around the sun. It wasn't revolving around me. No, I didn't know that. I thought that was a real, who knew? Just amazing. But sometimes we think it's all about us, and it's not. It's not all about us. It's not about us getting our own way. It's about us helping other people. When we help other people, we release them to sometimes be able to help us. And just as God has called us to be good stewards of our bodies and our money, he's also called us to be good stewards of the talents that he's given to us as well. Did you know that there's actually rewards that are attached to serving faithfully? Did you know that? There's some rewards. Here's four rewards, okay? The joy, number one is the joy of being used by God. (laughs) That's a reward. It's It's just a great reward. Great joy comes from being used by God to serve others, to be the heart, hands, and feet of Jesus in our world. There's joy that we can have as a part. I'm here to tell us that when we're part of something meaningful and we know that God is working through us, there's no greater joy than knowing that we're being used to make a difference by God in someone else's world. We can make an eternal difference. that's, that's That's a huge benefit. It's one of the greatest rewards that we can have in serving. Secondly, the joy of helping someone else. You know, we are rewarded because of our, we have the opportunity to help others. We can help feed people, clothe people, encourage people, strengthen people, get behind people, believe in people. We get the opportunity to do that. There's joy for helping others. In Acts 20, verse 35, it says, the Lord Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. There's joy in helping others. In fact, one of the main emphasis in the New Testament teaches that the church should be about helping others. Third one, the third benefit, the third reward, if you want, is the joy of giving back. We have this 
incredible joy in being able to give back to people. Many of us are here today, or where we are today in life, largely because of something someone else did for us. And I have an opportunity to be able to thank those people by doing for other people what they have done for me. It's, it's the, 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 like the movie, Paying It Forward. We actually show generosity and we value what other people have done for us by doing for someone else what someone's done for me. And we can all experience that. There's great joy in just simply giving back to others. And then the fourth joy is the, the, the joy of eternal reward. Matthew 19, verses 27 to 30 says this, and Peter answered him, we've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? And Jesus said to him, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone, everyone, he says, everyone, just, just turn to the person next to you and just say, you're an everyone today. You are an everyone. You're an everyone. So everyone, he says, everyone, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive 100 times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. There's joy in knowing that we actually make a difference, an eternal difference in the life of someone else when we serve. It's the benefits of serving that we get to be able to help others come to faith in Christ. The second area that I just wanted to speak into this morning is that through serving, we show our love for Jesus. We show our love for Christ through serving. The priests under the Old Testament were given certain duties that were, they were supposed to fulfill. Their livelihood centered around them fulfilling their priestly duties in the temple. And the priests that descended from the tribe of Levi were the only ones that could serve in the temple. They were to take care of all the matters that related to the temple in the Old Testament. The sacrifices, the cleansing and the purifications and so on. They took care of the ministry in the temple. The service to God. They acted as mediators between God and man. And they were God's servants. Today... We, as the church, are called a kingdom of priests. So we take up that priestly ministry that was taken on by the Levites in the Old Testament. We are today priests before God. That's who all of us here are this morning. And we don't do this uh, not out of obligation or because of our lineage, the way that the priest is, but because of the love that we have for Jesus Christ, then we become those who serve him. Hebrews 6 verse 10 says, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. In other words, what God's saying is, the way that we display our love for Christ is the way that we serve other people. When we serve other people, we are openly declaring through what we are doing, not necessarily the words that we use, we are openly declaring by what we do, that we love God. I'm here because I love God. I'm serving you with my, my leadership ability this morning. I'm serving you. I serve my community when I get out into the community and I'm part of the carols in the park or other things that are going on around about the place. You know, we, we are serving God by doing that. And we're simply showing, you know what, I love God and this is why I'm doing it. It's as simple as that. 
We show our love for God when we serve others. When we serve others, we're actually serving God. We are actually serving God when we do this. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 34 to 40, it says, Then the king will say, and this is the great uh, piece of scripture where uh, the father says, Separate for me the goats on the left and the sheep on the right. And he says, You know, those who've done some stuff will uh, be uh, welcomed into the presence of the father, and those who haven't done stuff will be chucked out. So, maybe not in that way, but. It's a, in, in this whole passage here, he says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you, you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When do we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. Serving is as easy as getting a cup or glass of water and giving some, a glass of water to someone who's thirsty. It's a simple as that. And when we use our gifts and our abilities that God's given us to serve others, we reveal our love for Him in doing it and we help point people to Him as we do it and they experience His love. See, serving reveals our love for God the Father. It gives expression to it, it becomes tangible to people and it becomes something that can help others' lives change. Third thing is that through serving, we show we value others above ourselves. We actually show that we're not selfish in this whole deal, that life's not all about me. See, the idea of serving is actually not an easy one. We don't like to think that we are servants to anyone, but one of the things that Jesus did teach uh, was that over and over again, we are to serve one another. You see that in the New Testament so often serve one another, encourage one another, build one another up. And through serving one another, we show that we value others above ourselves. Matthew 20, verses 26 to 28 says, Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We demonstrate and we show that when we're serving other people, it's not about us. We value others above ourselves. When we serve others, we are showing that we're not selfish with our time or our resources and abilities, but we are willing to serve others. When Jesus got down on his knees and, and washed the disciples' feet, he was trying to ingrain in their minds a very important message. He was trying to teach them the value of humility and servanthood. Sometimes it's not easy to serve because serving actually involves sacrifice. At some point, we have to give up our time. We have to give up ourselves to be able to serve others. We may have to sacrifice money, energy, resources in order to serve the way that we should. But we have been called to serve, church. 
And many scriptures call us to serve one another and put the needs above our own, their needs above our own. And this is like really, it's a, it's a tough principle, church, to live by because it's countercultural. It really is countercultural. I've seen people like when you drive down to Adelaide during peak hour traffic, there's people trying to get onto your road. You're on the main thoroughfare going through, and there's cars trying to feed into your particular lane. I've seen people go off because people tried to push in. You know, if, if you just let one, if everyone let in one car, how much easier would it be for the traffic to flow? I love letting people in, especially if I see that the person behind me gets ticked off when I do it. <laughs> that just is an incentive for me to do it more. I just think, I've just got to wind this bloke up. But how easy, how easy is it? And I don't do it just to, I do it because, you know what? If I, if I was driving down this road and I was stuck on that side street, would I want someone to let me in? The answer is yes. People say, no, no way. I don't want to sit there. I, don't want, to, I want to be late for work. When we serve, I believe that there are three attributes that we need. First one is, is humility. And a servant has a humble heart. In the summer of 1986, two ships collided in the Black Sea off the coast of Russia. Hundreds of passengers died as they were hurled into the icy waters. News of the disaster was further darkened when an investigation revealed the cause of that accident. It wasn't a technology problem, like radar malfunction on, the, on these, uh, these ships, or it, was, it wasn't a thick fog either. The cause was human stubbornness. Each captain was aware of the other ship's presence nearby. Both could have steered clear, but according to the news reports, neither captain wanted to give way to the other captain. And each was too proud to yield first. And by the time that they came to their senses, it was too late and they collided and hundreds of people lost their lives. That's stubbornness and it's pride. And God has called us to live lives of humility, to place others above ourselves. And sometimes pride gets in the way of serving. Well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. You know, Jesus washing his disciples' feet could have been considered the job of a slave. The disciples' feet wouldn't have been the cleanest on the earth. I don't know if you knew that. I've checked out my feet. Sometimes they're not the cleanest on the earth either. I won't say anything about yours. Jesus' actions were so countercultural that Peter had a hard time accepting it because the disciples typically served their teachers. And it wasn't about that. Jesus was setting in place a new way of doing things. Jesus made it clear that he was setting them an example for them to follow, and not necessarily in washing their feet literally, but in the attitude of humility and servanthood to the people around about us. Jesus showed humility that it is essential to have as a servant. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 5, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better 
than yourselves. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be that the same as that of Jesus Christ. The second attitude, uh, attribute of a, of a servant is joy. A servant should have joy when they're serving. Serving is kindless, kind of a, a worthless thing if the attitude of the person who's doing it is grumbling, snapping, lacking any joy in what they're doing. It sort of like loses it. You know, I think, well, I, I don't know, if you've ever been into a shop where you thought, man, I don't know what I did to go into that store. I'm just, I'm just not going to go back there. They're, like you've just interrupted their, their day by having the audacity to try and purchase something from them. I mean, what was I thinking going into that shop, thinking that I just want to share my money with them or just to, get, to receive a product? You know, it, it makes a difference when you go into a shop and the customer service is such that, you know what, even if the product was a little bit more expensive in that shop, you'd go back in an instant because you knew how you'd be treated when you went in there. It's the same way when we serve people. It's the same way when we, we just do what we're called to do the, using the gifts and the abilities that we have to be able to serve people. It, it makes a huge difference to the lives of people and the way that they view life itself even sometimes. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says, Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, is what that passage says. Now, I know... That that particular passage talks about money, okay? That we're to give cheerfully. Like at offering time, it's, you know, I get to give. I love to give. You know, it's something that I, I, I want to do. And it's something that doesn't have to be dragged out of me. How, how do we know? How much do we know? If, if God loves a cheerful giver, it just makes sense that he's going to love, you know, like a cheerful servant as well. A person who serves others with a, a cheerful and a joyful heart. It truly is a joy to be able to serve God and each other. The third attribute is that we give our best. A servant should also serve with diligence and hard work. And when we serve others, we should always do our best because we are not doing it for people to be noticed, but we are doing it because we love God. We do it simply because we love God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Verse 23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. See, serving God, it's worth giving our best and being diligent in what we do. God expects his people to, to give their best. He doesn't expect perfection. He's not asking you to be perfect. Okay? However, I do believe that he does ask us for our best. See, God understands that some people's best might not be as good as other people's best, but he asks our best. See, for example, I, I said it before, you don't want me worship leading, okay? But the, the thing, the, the thing is, is this. When I sing and Christiane sing, if we both do our best, God's honored. God's still honored if we're just doing our best, doing what we can. We need to be a people who are willing to work hard and to do a good job no matter where we are serving because God is worth our best efforts. So 2 Timothy 2.15 out of the Message Bible says this, Concentrate on doing your best for God. 
Concentrate on doing your best for God. Work you won't be ashamed of laying out the truth plain and simple. See, it's the difference that a changed life makes is that we are in this personally. We are, we're personally making a difference to other people. We're making a difference to how they can have a great day or not based upon the way that we serve them sometimes. And God makes a difference in our lives, so we want to make a difference in the lives of those people around about us. And we can make a difference in our giving, we can make a difference in our serving, and we can, we can serve our community, and we can serve at, at church as well. We can serve our families, we can serve our schools, we can serve our bosses. Bless you. And doing so many different things and just doing the best that we can. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that you bless us and encourage us. You give us the abilities, skills and attributes that we each have. And I pray that you'd give us an opportunity to, to serve in some fashion. Our community, our church, to serve uh, our workplaces, to serve our families. I pray that you'd help us to see that we can do the best that we can and in doing that, that you are glorified and that you are honored in, in all of that. I thank you for the servant-hearted people that are here. I thank you that you give opportunity where people aren't serving, perhaps. I ask you, Lord, to, to, to give an opportunity for them and that they would see the value of doing it that uh, maybe they've not experienced before. I thank you for what you're doing and saying in our lives today in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.